Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. We're back from the international break. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we get ready to gear up for Saturday morning's home game uh, with Cardiff City. Uh, on my right-hand side is Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. you got a lovely tan from your holiday. Oh, I try my best. Yeah, oh, no, that's a fleece. It's uh, a fleece, yeah. <laughs> uh, looking uh, good to have you back. And also here, uh, so cold he's still wearing his coat and his hat in the studio. Tom Wallin, how are you doing, Tom? Shamai. What, what is... It's just hello. Uh, just hello. In Nothing Fijian? No, in Welsh. Oh, yeah. It's because you're wearing a Fiji rugby hat. Sorry. I thought you'd jump ship because you, your country's rubbish at rugby. <laughs> yeah, I could do that, I suppose. Yeah. But no, I'm back on the ship again now because yeah. they're quite good at football. Yeah, competent at football. But only because yeah. they've got two Charlton players in, in and amongst their, yeah. their ranks. So yeah, well done. I'm and, of course, the, the essence of Simon Church... Still floating around, which is uh, lingers, doesn't it? That it it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a potent George essence. George Tukadian had a bit of that essence, I think. Uh, well, you know, soak it up, drink <laughs> it in. Uh, right on tonight's show, we're going to be looking ahead to Saturday's home game with Cardiff. Don't forget, it's an early kickoff, twelve thirty. So be here, or you know, don't if you if you don't want to. But yeah, make sure you're, you're here early for that one. If you're coming, it's on on the television. Um, so we're going to hear from Lee Bowyer. He's going to tell us about the fitness of the squad. Uh, coming back from international break. No one was in- injured on international duty, which is good news, but then everyone else is injured already anyway, so it don't matter. Uh, so we're going to hear from uh, from Bayer talk about that. We're going to discuss Steve Gallon's trip to the uh, Supporters Trust AGM uh, last Thursday. Uh, we're going to hear from a boxer, unusual for this show, but there's a Charlton supporter uh, who's doing really well in his boxing career, Lewis Smith, uh, and he was joined at his latest fight by some of the Addicts players, so uh, Nathan had a chat with him uh, to find out what that was like for him. And as we uh, look ahead to the Cardiff game, we're going to hear from Glenn Williams uh, from Wales online, uh, probably one of your mates I imagine Tom, he tells us all about uh, the former Millwall uh, manager Neil Harris uh, turning up at, at Cardiff, clearly their second choice because they're in for Bowyer as well and they dis- they couldn't get the couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get the uh, the premium option so they went for the one below uh, and then we'll hear from Bowyer again uh, looking ahead to the game uh, with Cardiff, so um, let's hear from, from Bowyer first up I think, uh, international break uh, has been and gone uh, and Bowes was asked if any of his players uh, have come back injured uh, from international duty. No. Thank, thank God is everyone's come back. Okay, so, um, yeah, we're, we're very low, as you know, on numbers. So the last thing we, would, we could have dealt with was to, for anyone to come back injured, but thankfully they've all come back fit. Big relief for you then? Big relief, yeah. You've recalled Albie Morgan from uh, his loan at Ebbsfleet. Are you short of numbers for Saturday's home game with Cardiff City? Yeah, um, I think that's obvious to see. Last few weeks we've been putting some of the kids on the bench um, with no experience whatsoever. Um, and obviously practice out the weekend through suspension, so with the 10 injuries and the practice, that just don't have the numbers. We, we, had, we brought Albie back and we're still not going to be able to uh, fill the bench. It's just not possible. So, um, yeah, we're, we're very, very low on numbers. Are there any signs of that improving? Um, low is touch and go. Um, he had a setback a, the other week and um been trying to to get him through that but um, touch and go with blow but apart from that then there is no one coming back within the next couple of weeks now What is the situation with Lyle if you've penciled in a date where you might have him available? Well we, we thought he was going to be back for Preston um, like I said he had a bit of a setback and 
we've been trying there to get him through that bar early on in the week he was outside um, running uh, back end of last week he was running um, started kicking some balls this week so yeah it's just whether how he holds up after today and, and, and tomorrow Going back to injuries your backup goalkeeper Ben Amos you know, I gather he's injured what's the latest on him? So we had some good news with Ben so we obviously had that uh, that, that operation on his finger and that's looking good now um, so he's obviously outside kicking balls um, but I think next week he can start handling balls so within the next couple of weeks then he could be back and uh, back, back in with us It's looting too early for him yeah, yeah. but Dylan's doing great um, Dylan again that fall against Millwall played really well um, he's made good saves in every game Dylan so uh, Dylan's in a good place so I have no worries but we've got young Ashley on the bench if I had to put him on he wouldn't worry me the, the, the kid's unbelievable so um, yeah Ben will be back and, and start pushing Dylan but at the moment Dylan's Dylan's been uh, excellent Right, so I guess we're getting to that that stage of a championship season where you know the injuries and all that start to really catch up with you, and we, we've seen that either side of the international break. Now, you know we, we look at our more recent form. We've lost six of the last ten. Um, I'd say before the previous, before the last two games, before Preston and Millwall, I don't think we were worrying too much about the form because there was you know creditable draws with the likes of Fulham and West Brom in their good performances in in defeats as well. Uh, even Millwall wasn't our worst performance of the season by any stretch of the imagination. So. Um, but it, it just starts to catch up with you, I guess, a little bit, Tom, these these, these results. And it doesn't help when you're, you're facing an injury crisis, which seems to be the tradition around here, unfortunately. I think that's the thing for me. And you said before Preston and Millwall, even after Preston, when I interviewed Bowyer after that game, I said, you know what, like the record on paper doesn't look great, but actually as fans and coming and seeing us perform every week, I think we're relatively comfortable with how we've been performing, as you said, especially against a decent set of teams. So... But then you lose to Millwall, who uh, obviously we spoke about that enough a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then you have two weeks off to kind of reflect on how you are. And then you're coming into a game now. And when you look at the record, actually, it's not been good over the last few games. And you suddenly think, right, well, if we do lose this one, and obviously people are a bit worried because Cardiff just got a new manager and obviously him being ex-Millwall as well and all those injuries, you suddenly think, right, if we lose this as well, we could be in a bit of trouble. But... I think, look, even if we lost the next couple and dropped down, we'd only be where we expected to be at the start of the season. It's our it's our good start to the season that's given people this expectation. But at the same time, we've we've shown we can compete and you don't want to get dragged into a relegation scrap when, for me, we're a side that shouldn't be anywhere near that. So, um, yeah, it, it's a little bit nerve-wracking and it's that part of the season, like you say, where historically we seem to be getting injuries this time of the year every season for the last few, but also... I know games come thick and fast anyway in this league, but particularly over Christmas, there are just so many fixtures coming up. And for us, having played a lot of the good teams, a lot of winnable fixtures or fixtures against some of the teams that are a bit lower down. So this is a time where you really want to step on and and get your foot down and get some wins. And it's hard to do that when you've only got 11, 12 fit players. Yeah, and as you mentioned, we've got... Uh, three games in the next eight days because after mm. after the Cardiff game it's a, it's a trip to Luton on Tuesday night then back here uh, Saturday after against against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I mean, so some of the, obviously the big name Lyle Taylor's getting closer. We hoped he may have been involved against Preston. Never mm. happened. Obviously, uh, Lee Bayer really overplayed his hand with the mind games at Millwall and, and then forgot to actually play him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, there's a chance. Do you think there's a chance he might? But it sounds sounds very touch and go. Do you think? If he's not a hundred percent ready, then you really don't want to risk him. But at the same time, he is he is that talisman for us. That if there is a chance he could come on and even play the last ten minutes, then you'd want that if it was possible. Yeah, I think it's a pretty tough one to call. But I think if we do see him uh, tomorrow, uh, Saturday, sorry, I think he'll be off off the bench. I imagine because he's been out for so long now. There'll be that there'll be that caution that if we if we bring him in too early, could we aggravate the injury again and be out be without him for even longer? So. I think we need to tread carefully with that, but it's difficult when you're in the position that we are, when you're missing so many bodies and you're 
you're going through a, a bit of a slump in form and you, and you want to try and kickstart that. And the return of Lyle Taylor would be a good start to that, wouldn't it? Because he is that talisman, as you say, and, and he's got the ability to score goals and, and, and lift the team. And if, if he does come back in, I, I think it, it will be off the bench because I, I imagine he's, he's not played a lot of football and, and even the training, I imagine he's probably been quite light because of the, the extent of the injury he did have. So... I think we just got to wait and see. I mean, you never know with Bowyer; he loves his mind games, doesn't he? Mm. So um, I'd I'd love to see him back, and I'd love to see him in the starting eleven. But I think realistically, if he had to come off the bench and play the last ten minutes, and it meant that we eased him in gently and we kept him fit for more longer term, then that, that would be the better option in my eyes. Yeah, uh, defensively we're looking okay still in terms of in terms of bodies. We've got uh, pretty much a full complement of 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 the uh, of the defensive players. Although, of course, we heard the backup keeper Ben Amos is out. Um, it's the midfield where the, the real questions are starting to be asked, and we've had to recall uh, Albie Morgan from his his loan down at Ebbsfleet, but you know he's he's not going to be in a position to start by the sounds of it. Or, you know, so so where do we go with that? I mean, that 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 is going to be a case of just seeing what you can put in there because we also have to remember that, that Darren Prattley is suspended for the Cardiff game as well. Yeah, so not a lot to choose um, choose from. I think I would have loved to have seen Prattley in in the middle of a back three, um, but the reality is that we're just not going to be able to to see him there because he's suspended. And it, and even if he wasn't, I think with the numbers you've got in midfield, we would have had to play him. Um, I'm pleased to see I'll be back. I'd like to see him come on at some point on Saturday because. I think it was necessarily harsh to see him go out on loan because he wasn't going to be playing week in, week out here and he needs regular football. But he hadn't done a whole lot wrong towards the back end of last season. And I appreciate what Boya said about him needing to develop certain parts of his game and he is still young. But he's someone I would like to see now. If we can keep him for the next few weeks and just give him a half or half an hour, you've seen the class he's got on the ball. So I'm quite excited to see him. But from the start, we were just trying to list them. And I think we've got Cullen, Ozuma, Gallagher and Kyle. And that, mm. that's basically it. Yeah, and, I mean, Bo- and then if you play all them four, who do you bring off the bench? Yeah, I mean, even Bo- Boyer, when, when he was speaking to, to Richard Corley at South London Press earlier, and he, he only mentioned Gallagher, Cullen, and Thomas. So we're not yeah. entirely certain what the situation is with with Kyle. I think he played uh, for Israel at least once during during the break. So I think I think there's a presumably therefore a level of fitness um, for him. So, but yeah, is he? No about, choice, yeah, he played. He? he played in a two uh, a two one home defeat against Poland. So hopefully he'll be involved but even then I mean it leaves, it leaves a stretch in, in a position in the park that had been quite strong for us at the start of the season but obviously you know that, that's a vital area of the pitch for us and and we're, and we're dangerously lacking bodies at the moment yeah definitely I mean as you say there a couple of weeks ago we we're all rubbing our hands together looking at the the amount of people we've got to choose from in that midfield and the quality in that midfield is, is incredible as well and, and creativity but it's just the Charlton way it seems to be season after season we have a bit of a spell it's usually around this time as well I remember a similar time this time last year we lost Vettikaley and um, and Cullen to similar injuries didn't we in, in that one game it's just it just seems to be the Charlton way and with Berem Kyle he's going to have to step up if he if he is fit I mean we don't really know because he's not been mentioned there but I've, I've not really seen what I have expected of him so far and I think he's got to he's got to step up massively um, to fill the boots if he's going to and where he's going to play in that midfield if, if he potentially slots in where Darren Prattley would because I don't think he's as good in a more advanced position and then you've got to free up Cullen and Gallagher to be able to push forward. Ostema really can only really play in that number ten. I would missing Chucks as well who could slot into that number ten. So it's it's a bit of a headache really. And I I'm, I agree with Tom. I, I think having Albi back uh, is a is a bit of a bonus. Um, he hasn't had any football at this level yet, but what I saw of him last season really impressed me. As uh, it was only really the the playoff game where I felt he looked a little bit uh, like deer in the headlights because of the just because of the size of the of the game and and the stakes at hand. But apart from that, he really impressed me last season. So I'd like to see him get a few minutes here and there and see what he's got to offer because there's no reason why chucking him in there he's not going to do something. You know, Conor Gallagher hadn't played a senior game of football before he came here, and he's he's looking like something special. So. Under, under Lee Bowyer, he can only he can only develop more as a player. So it's good to have that option. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, looking at the, the the forward department, then as as we mentioned, there's no there's no Anike uh, who can who can play slightly further advanced. There's no Williams who could play that role as well. There's only Ostuma, uh, Leko, and and obviously Macaulay Bond. So again, we're quite short there. And uh, you know, Macaulay obviously unlucky not to score at, at Millwall. Um, Leko pr- probably flattered to deceive a bit, but did score funnily enough at at, at Millwall. Yeah. So. Yeah, another area of slight concern just with the lack of replacements. I mean, Josh Davison came off the bench at West Brom. Again, it might be a case of if we have to, have to, have to, he'll get chucked on again. Yeah, uh, 
I think Boya mentioned at some point in his press conference today about trying a new formation and trying to set a new plan and just see how they work with a new shape. I'd be very interested to see what that shape is because for me, based on the players we've got, I can't really see past a 5-3-2 um, because we've got three midfielders and then, as you say, it's pretty much Leco and Bon and then you need someone on the bench and even if it is a Josh Davison, you just need someone to be able to bring on in an attacking sense if we're 1-0 down. Now, obviously, if, if Lyle's on the bench, then that adds to that. But again, you, do you want to throw him on? It very much depends on his fitness. So... Yeah, it's another area of concern. I think that's an area we've spoken about since day one of the season and said, look, that's the only place where we would have loved to just get another body through the door. We didn't manage to do that. Um, well, we did but, in Emmett, but yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And then he got injured as well. So uh, it's tough. It is going to be a really difficult game to, to call. But as I say, for me, 5-3-2 is the only formation that works. And you, like uh, Lewis just said about a couple of the players there, people like Leco need to step up and perform. Um, people like Kayal are going to need to do that as well. And then at the back, you'd almost certainly, if you're playing 5-3-2, you're going to have to start Naby. And again, after mm. what happened two weeks ago, how's he going to react? So yeah. there's a lot of players that really need to have a good game on Saturday if we're yeah. going to get three points. Well, that was going to be my next question, really, Lewis, because, you know, it's we need, we need to get Naby into rehab, don't we, after after what happened at Millwall. And, and I think you know, he... he, he 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 got some comments on the show, which he will do from us and from from other people because it was a poor performance. But also on on the show, we talk about how he how he bounces back from it, and that's what's important now. And you know, Bayou was saying during the week, you know, remember that he's he's a better player now than he was because people were supportive of him. He's that sort of player who does need to be mollycoddled a little bit just to cheer him up and to to, to make sure his head's in the right place. And as fans, I guess you know that he's going to need a bit of that. But at the same time, the fans are going to see the performances back as well so it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting if he does start Saturday to see how he is received by the supporters and also how he performs himself yeah and you know we've been here before with Naby haven't we and I think I thought Bowyer's comments on him uh, midweek was spot on I think you've got to look at how far he's come from that player that originally came through and was public enemy number one here and his performances last season um, were were fantastic and he's he's grown so much as a player you know he, was, he came second in player of the year last year which is a huge achievement considering you know what people thought of him when he first came through the door. This season, he's been caught a couple of times. I think he doesn't get the space that he got in League One and, and he, he does panic a bit on the ball, which I think leaves us supporters with hearts in mouth sometimes at, at key moments. And, and I think the the performance at Millwall, I mean, he'll be disappointed himself with with, with how the goals were conceded. But I think the, the comments are only going to be magnified because of the fact that it was against... Millwall and, and we've lost in the in the last minute and it was obviously extremely frustrating but he's got to bounce back now I think he's going to be a stronger character than he was before and he's going to be more up for it and fired up and ready to go and I think that as fans we have got to get behind him again and back him because it it's been proven time after time just like how much it means to him to have the fans behind him and Bo has commented on it many a time and said that he, his, his smile was from from ear to ear every time he hears his name being chanted by by the Valley Faithful, and and that's going to be it's going to be important, especially if he's going to bounce back from that because it it wasn't it wasn't a great performance against Millwall, mm. but I don't think you can dwell on it too much because of how far he has come as a player in a Charlton shirt over over recent times. Yeah, you mentioned uh, supporters having their hearts in their mouths. There it brings us nicely onto Macaulay Bond. I don't know if that's the technical term for what he had with him, but there was some. <laughs> it was just before he was due to go off for, for Zimbabwe. There was a whole issue about him getting a Zimbabwe passport sorted uh, and he was, he was ready to go and join up with the squad and all of a sudden he had to pull out the Zimbabwe fans seemed to think it was because he was waiting for a call up to the England team which I mean I know I know Harry Kane's perhaps not quite been as good this year as he has been in previous years but he's not, pr- probably not quite ready for that yet but it's because he was having some sort of uh, cardiac test you know there, there's a worry there and obviously we've seen what's happened uh, to, to players in in the past, uh, Fabrice Muamba, a, a perfect example. Uh, you know, you, you take these things seriously. He's, he's been cleared. He's, he's going to be okay to play. But for a, for a couple of days, there was a, a nasty little situation brewing there because obviously the the, the health of the, of the player is a million times more important than whether he's going to go uh, and score a goal on Saturday. Yeah, it was it was a worrying time. And, and as you say, Muamba's probably the most uh, publicised or famous example of this happening. But there. You know, it happens far too frequently that heart conditions seem to get missed in scans and in tests and fitness tests and all of that kind of stuff. So I don't know what occurred for them to need to take him um, to hospital in the first place and get that scan, but I'm glad he did. Um, As you said, selfishly from a chart perspective, you're thinking, well, who the hell's going to play up front on Saturday if he can't play? But most importantly, of course, is his health. And 
I'm just so glad for him that that he's got the all clear because he's still a young player um, and we've spoken enough about just how much he's made the step up this year. Um, it's been an incredible rise for him and it's still early days, but he looks like he's really made that step up. I don't think even he expected to have made it this quickly if we go back to the comments he made at the start of the season. So to have potentially had all that cut short and, and obviously far worse concerns around his health to get that all clear, I'm sure will have given him confidence and I'm sure the the uh, medical staff will monitor that closely now um, because just because he's now been given the all clear doesn't mean he, he's out of the woods necessarily. But um, yeah, for him as a professional footballer and someone who, who has a job that presumably they love, uh, the best or the, the most important thing is that he's able to carry on and as I say, that he's healthy and, and he's been given the all clear. Um, and for us, obviously, the bonus is that hopefully he'll be able to play at the weekend as well. But yeah, very strange story. I'm just glad he's hopefully come out the other side of it. Right, we'll be back in 30 seconds. Just going to have a quick break here uh, on this evening's big match preview. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Charlie. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Charlie has scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Get in. Come on. What a time to be a hero. Here on Wembley. Live. Welcome back. This is Charlton Live. It's the big match preview uh, on your Thursday evening. Don't forget to be back here on Sunday uh, to find out whatever happens against. Well, you can you can find out what happens by watching the game, but we'll, <laughs> we'll remind you what happens. We'll talk about it uh, on Sunday uh, the, after the game against Cardiff. We'll be here seven o'clock Sunday uh, evening. If you can't listen live, make sure you listen via the podcast. Download the podcast from Acast or any other uh, podcast app, and then hit subscribe. Because then we, you know we get more downloads and it's good. It gives us a little bit of money where we can buy little bits of equipment to make the show even better. Um, right. Um, when we were away last week, the Trust AGM uh, Supporters Trust uh, AGM happened, uh, and Steve Gallen, uh, one of the well, I was going to call him head of recruitment, was director now, isn't he? Uh, was it uh, was the special guest was invited along and something really talked about some really interesting stuff. I mean, first of all, we know we know what Steve has brought to the club over the last. You know, a couple of years. I mean, he's, it, the, the recruitment at Charlton has been excellent, and uh, you know, considering the restraints that he has to work under, and and, and the manager has to work under as well with the ownership, um, to to have got a promotion and then to be sat in mid table in the championship sort of says j- just how well he's done, really, Tom. Um, and yeah, he talks about some interesting stuff. Uh, the, the the first thing that people found interesting is, I mean, uh, it's no secret, but Thomas Dryson still still knocking about Roland's Roland's scout of his own, uh, and. Uh, Steve admitting he still has to get anything he does. It has to be given the green light by Tommy Boy first. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. You look at the... Uh, My mate Thomas, by the way. I interviewed yeah. him once. <laughs> still bizarre. Um, yeah. I, well, uh, I guess if if it keeps Roland happy, then then Steve Gallen's prepared to do it, obviously. But you look at the, the record that Gallen has in terms of the players he's brought in, I think it speaks for itself that very much the quality in the squ- in the squad and the side is down to Gallen, not down to Dryzen. Um I don't really understand what Dryzen is then doing between Steve Gallen recommending a player that he's worked ages to scout is an exceptional talent and needs Roland's approval, understandably, as the owner. I don't know what Dryzen's doing in the middle, apart from maybe claiming it for his own to 
that makes Roland then trust Steve Gallen. So it's a, it's a very strange situation. But Gallen seems like a, a pretty decent human being, and he seems to have found a way of making it work. And for us as fans, that's the important thing um, that he can locate these players that he's so good at doing, and then he's able to get them over the line. So. Yeah, just a, a really strange situation. But, I mean, not the weirdest thing we've had, is it really? Yeah. I, I, with, with your hands tired as they are, obviously loans have been a big part of it. And Steve's talking about the, the, the good relationship that we now have with the you know, likes of Chelsea, West Ham, because we've taken their players and we've improved them. And, and, and that's a big part of it as well. You know, this is, this is certainly a club where the likes of Conor Gallagher or, or Josh Cullen or you know, Christian Bielik we saw last season are going to get their chance in a, in a first team which is now in the championship and you don't get, you don't get that elsewhere as much which, which is probably a big part of, of, uh, you know, of, of, of other teams Premier League teams being happy to come and send their players to us Well exactly I mean we're reliant on those kinds of players and you look at somebody like Conor Gallagher if he'd, have, if he'd have gone on loan to a, to a Leeds or, or a West Brom or someone like that he probably wouldn't have got the minutes that he's getting here therefore wouldn't have developed into the player he's becoming now and He's working under Lee Bowyer, who's you know who's played at so many levels, has achieved so much in his career, and he's he's played the game himself. So he he's learning every day, and we see that in Cullen, and we saw it in Christian Bielik last year. No one could tell me that Bielik would have would have gone for ten million this season if he hadn't have had the season he had for us last year. And it's a it just it just proves that we make players better, and it's going to help us in the long run because we don't have a we don't have a large budget, we don't have a large amount of funding coming through from from Roland and, and until he sells the club which whenever that may be in 2073 or whenever it's going to be um, we're going to have to rely on that and it's going to help having those relationships with, with the clubs like Arsenal and Chelsea that are going to trust us with their with their young players and that we're going to develop them and it, it's a good relationship to have but Steve Gallon, I mean he's just a, a breath of fresh air isn't he For the, he, mm-hmm. he speaks with, with such class and he's got a, a great relationship with Lee Bowyer which you know, we we all love Lee Bowyer, and it just seems like a nice relationship. But from from Gallon all the way down through the coach and staff, through the squad, there's like that mutual respect, and and it's it's working for us at the moment on the pitch. Yeah. It's just so frustrating that it isn't upstairs. And one of the uh, things you mentioned, you talk about Lyle Taylor being the best the best uh, player he's signed for us, but second best player being Darren Pratt. And I say you you would have told us that a year ago. I don't think we would have believed him, but the, the way he's grown as a player, as an individual, sort of points towards the sort of character that, that Steve and Lee have been trying to get into the club as well, which is just as important uh, as, as, you know, as, of course, ability on the pitch as well. Yeah, that character that you talk about, you can see that through seven or eight of the players minimum that they've brought in. Um, but for me, Darren Prattley epitomises that and, and is the very top. And I was one of his biggest critics, certainly on this show. If you go back a year and a half or so, I was... I couldn't tell what he was bringing this team. I didn't understand why we were bringing him on. I didn't see what he was offering. Um, it just seemed like one of those bizarre, older Roland Duchatelet signings, like a Crofts or a Foley or people we were mentioning off air before the show. But I clearly didn't see it. Um, and I have to hold my hands up there because Prattley, since what midway through last season, certainly the back end of last season, he just started to dictate games. Um, started to just drag us through. Obviously, the the playoff semi final being a prime example, but there were other games where he just was just in the right place at the right time, doing all the sensible things and the the dirty work for other players. And we obviously spoke to him at Player of the Year as well. And we spoke. I think we interviewed him with George, didn't we? And you could see the influence that he'd had on someone like Lapsley. And Lapsley talked about all the young players looking at people like him and like Boyer and Jacko for that advice. And yeah, Prattley's a, an elder statesman of the team, if you like. Now he's there to not only give them advice, but I think I said it the other week on the show, he also looks like he's getting younger every time he steps out on the pitch. His energy levels are just phenomenal. And his petulance as well. Yeah, yeah. which is obviously brilliant <laughs> Well, brilliant to see up until he got suspended. But um, yeah, he's just been such an asset and I, I just would never have expected that when uh, when we signed him or even halfway through last season. I, I just didn't see it, but he's been unbelievable the last yeah. six to eight months yeah. and just the way the way he breaks up play from, from the other team is so important for us which is uh, going to be a shame was obviously with uh, with, with Gallon we, we talk about him being made the director uh, he, say, he, say, he says it gives him a little bit more leeway when he goes to negotiate with other clubs perhaps um uh, it's obviously a promotion he deserves, um, and and hopefully it's you know going into January. Would you know that could be important, especially if he's got a little bit of money. Because don't forget, we sold with Anthony Dixdale for about two million, and supposedly we're going to try and use that money. Unfortunately, we couldn't get a deal over the line with uh, Ivan Tony uh, down at down at Peterborough. So presumably, there's still two million pounds worth of money floating around that we could use in January. You'd hope at least to try and 
find find that little extra player that we need just to make sure that we maintain our mid-table mediocrity, which is we would have taken at the start of the season. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's going to be interesting to see where those resources are used. I mean, it, it will work in our favour, I think, with, with Gallen in this new role because I think that the, the trust with Roland, as, as Tom and, and you have mentioned, is, is going to grow a little bit now. He's got that title and... Uh, we we obviously got the funding in for for Dick Still in uh, in the summer and didn't really have enough time to to use it and obviously we were sort of biting our nails a little bit on Lyle Taylor to see if he was going to stick around and we managed to keep hold of him whether we do in January I don't know so that could be where uh, where that money's used to get someone in to replace him you mentioned Ivan Tony but it's 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 important that we uh, that we look at it properly and and sort of strengthen in the right areas because. We've got, especially now, where we look at how short we are in in certain places. We do you lose one player and then you're affected because you don't have enough quality in the backup. I mean, we we've spoken about strikers now. Macaulay Bonner's stepped up massively, but I don't I don't think we've seen the best of Tom Hemmer yet by by any means, and I don't think we've seen the best of Chucks and Ike yet. So, if we were to lose Macaulay Bond to an injury, then where do we where do we look for our goals? And we've we've got to look at as you say maintaining our our strong start to the season we, we've always said that the the main aim all along is to stay in the division and I, I believe that we've got more than enough to do that but it's just where we look at re-evaluating our our expectations once we once we hit that point mark where we feel like we're safe and I imagine that'll be the main focus in January is just making sure that we've got enough backup because it's a long hard season and and as you say you only got to look at weeks like this where we've got where we've got three games in the space of eight of eight days or of seven days sorry and it's going to be it's going to be testing on those players, especially when our squad's so short. So we've got to we've got to invest in the right areas and make sure that we take a bit of a bit of pressure off of the the guys that are currently here. The yeah, the other possibility for that two million pounds is to try and spend a little bit on tickets for QPR. I've just been looking at yeah. the prices for QPR away: thirty three pounds or twenty seven pound. But more likely, your thirty three pound ones I think are going on first. I mean, that's outrageous for a game just before Christmas. So that's shed as well. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's not like you're getting a lot for your money either, are you? Because you can't see anything. The concourse is terrible. Um, so yeah, bizarre. And it's put me off. It's only down the road, but I'm probably not going to bother now. Um, and I'm sure there'll be other fans who do it as well. As you say, particularly around Christmas, you know, people's money's tight. You've got presents to buy and stuff. There's a lot going on. People are probably travelling various places for the holidays as well, and that costs. So yeah, it's mad to charge that much. I remember Ipswich always used to do it in the Championship. They always used to seem expensive, but yeah, got what this... they deserve, relegated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So fingers crossed, QPR <laughs> yeah. get the same. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a quick break here uh, on Charlton Live. When we come back, we're going to hear from an Addicts fan uh, who's a bit of a fighter as well. And it's going to break for Veta Kaylee again in the air. Cross ball to Taylor! It's 3 1! And Charlton are running away with it here at the Valley! Charlton Live. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on the Big Match Preview. Right, uh, those of you who are active on social media may have come across a Charlton fan called Lou Smith, or Lewis Smith is a boxer, uh, up-and-coming boxer. Now, I know absolutely nothing about boxing, absolutely nothing. Um, so I thought it'd be nice to get him on the show, but I thought if I if I tried talking to him, it'd be, well, it'd be like me trying to talk about football, really. Uh, it, it'd be a bit all over the place. So um, I've got Nathan, who knows a little bit about boxing, uh, to actually do some work and, and ring up Lou and find out find out a little about a little bit about him because Nathan's on holiday now. Although we found tonight he's still in the country. He's only at Gatwick. <laughs> he's on holiday in Gatwick. He's, yeah, he's a, he's in Gatwick Gatwick Airport Hotel, staying there tonight. So why couldn't he just do the show and then get the train there after? Bus yeah, setting up bus drivers. Yeah, yeah. so well, di- disappointed with Nathan there, but uh, I did I did have him working during the week. So he spoke to uh, to Lewis because it's interesting as well because his last fight was last week uh, over at York Hall, uh, and uh, quite a few of the players turned up as well. So let's let Lewis Lewis uh, explained what happened. Uh, the Addicts fan was victorious last weekend, uh, and he told us how his fight was. I stepped up to my first six rounder on Saturday night at York Hall. Uh, I boxed Naheem Chowdhury, who's uh, from Blackburn. Um, so I had a six rounder against him, and, um, and won every round pretty comfortably and, and boxed well to so a 60-54 points decision. So uh, it went really well. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, it's your it's your four fight, isn't it? And um, obviously, that's four out of four now, isn't it? So uh, it's it's quite a good start to your boxing career so far. Yeah, listen, it's all it's all learning. Um, we're four out of four, but there's tougher tests to come. So um, it's all just about learning, putting everything we've done in training uh, into the fight, and and yeah, and just and, and making sure that progression is still showing. And I mean, obviously, 
Uh, obviously on Saturday you had a, a few of the Charlton players there and you've obviously got quite a good support network on, on Facebook and Twitter especially. Um, so I mean just in, you know, obviously someone who's, obviously I've not boxed myself um, and there'll be probably listeners that haven't either. Uh, what's it like, you know, in the ring, in that sort of environment of, you know, t- to be fair, you're trying to beat the other geezer up, aren't you? But I mean, what's it like? I mean, do you sort of zone out or do you get nervous? I mean, what, what's it like in the ring? Yeah, do you know what? I'm I'm very. When I was uh, like ring walking, you know, I was sort of singing to my song or whatever, and you know, I'm happy. But as soon as I get in there, you sort of, like the camera pans around, sees my face, and it's just changed, and I'm just totally focused on on the other the other side of the ring and and doing the job that you know I'm there to do. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it is my job. Even though I have another job, boxing is a job. Um, so it's very important that I go in there, do what I need to do. Um, obviously, like you said, the support um, that I've got is is mental. Um, you know, I had a load of Charlton fans come down. They were making a load of noise. Um, a lot of, like, I did some interviews after the fight and everyone was sort of talking about them. Um, obviously, the players as well. Um, Chris Solly supported me from, from since I've signed my professional contract. Um yeah, and he, he drove me a message and was like, oh, you know, after the Preston game, we'll we'll meet up and you know we'll we'll, we'll take some tickets off you. We'll come down to support. So um, that's 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 a bit surreal. Do you know what I mean? Um, to have that um, from a from you know players that you go support every week, um, to have them come and sort of support you in what you're doing, um, it's a bit mad. And I think that actually epitomises what what Charlton Athletics all about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, it was great, and you know, and then um, all the all the fans, you know, were sort of looking at deals, trying to get him to um, twist and shout, and he was sort of looking, and then eventually, halfway through the fight, I heard him just start breaking down, uh, <laughs> just shout. So that was that was a bit surreal, do you know what I mean? And they 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 longed off ringside to come stand upstairs with the fans, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that that for me, that just um, just mental, really. And they had a picture in the bar, like some of my some of the fans with with the players and it's just that's just like great to see do you know what I mean you don't see that every week no you know so the support has been mental but it's, it's great it's, honestly it's, it's brilliant so um, obviously it's four out of four um, I assume you're not going to plan on stopping there so um, is there any plans for the, the fifth is there you know is there anything in the pipeline and hopefully we can get some more of those fans down to support you yeah, listen. I'm looking. I'm looking to be a new year. I'm still staying fit, just in case anything. You know, in boxing, nothing's nothing's for sure. You could get a phone call. You know, tomorrow to box on a show or or whatever. So you got to make sure you're you're fit all year round and, and keeping in good shape. But we're looking to get out in the new year. Looking at February, March, April time. Um, we'll see. We'll have a look at the dates with my manager. And we'll go over that. But. Um, Obviously, I keep everyone up to date on my social medias, on my Twitter, on my Facebook, my Instagram. Um, so, yeah, people just keep a look out for that. I, you know, I've got quite a good backing from Charlton all over on Twitter. Mm. Um, a lot of people people supporting me. So, um, there's never a dull moment with me. And, and, and we'll look to see what the future future holds. But we'll, we'll look to get out in the new year. And then we're looking for 50-50s. Some, yeah. good, some good 50-50 fights for me. And... Because you know, that puts bottoms on seats, and that's what people like. So mm. um, that's that's exactly what we look. And then if titles follow, titles follow. There we go, Lewis Smith, uh, Charlton fan, who's also a boxer, speaking to to Nathan. I love I love the fact that the players mm. went to watch him, Lewis, um, mm. because I mean that 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 shows a shows a good a good level of support for. Uh, for, for, for a, a Charlton fan who's trying to make his way in, into a very difficult sport a lot of punching in that sport a lot of punching in there as yeah. Nate found out in that interview yeah <laughs> um, no it's brilliant yeah it's, it, it shows it like like, um, like Lewis said in his interview there it epitomises Charlton as a club that the players have taken time out to, to go and support him down at York Hall you know it's a it's a, a venue renowned for, for upcoming boxers and stuff and and well done to Lewis for winning again and, and hopefully he can, he can crack on and and Push for the push for some more fights and get some more victories under his belt because it looks like he's a really uh, promising young fighter. So all the best to him for that. But yeah, it's it's brilliant. I mean, we saw Dylan was down there and Chris Solly, Ben Amos, Jake Forstakaski, probably a couple more, but I can't remember all of them. But it's brilliant and and fair play to them for going out there and and supporting him because it's 
it's just a, another great statement for the for the club and what the players are like at this football club, just e- behind everybody. Excellent stuff. Right, shall we start to turn our uh, attention towards the, the Cardiff City game? Uh, Dan tweeted in earlier saying, you know that Neil Harris will be doing everything to try and get one over on us. I'm expecting a long ball style against us on Saturday. So Pearson, look, you're in a back four for me uh, and I would play a diamond in midfield and two up top. Uh, he says he's uh, looking forward to listening as as we return as well. I mean, do, do you think four, three at the back? I mean, that's something we'll discuss a bit more later on, but that's what Dan's after, the, the back four. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Like like I said earlier, if it was a back three, I'd want Prattley in the middle of it, ideally, because if we are going to play a back three, it means Sars coming in. Um, but I don't know, for me, with the injuries we've got, I think back five seems to make sense. And I replied to Dan and said, like, ideally with that, that back five, you want a Pagey or a, or a Jake playing left wing back because of the attacking threat they give. It does not quite the same with a, with a Purrington and someone like Adam Matthews the other side. I wasn't hugely impressed with um, a couple of times we've seen him so far. So it's a difficult call. Um, Lockyer and Pierce absolute guaranteed. Um, I think they'll be in. Uh, it's just about how we choose to set up. But like I say, Bowyer earlier mentioned a, a different shape and trying something else out. So who knows? Could end up with um, all kinds of weird formations. So... The good thing is he's never afraid uh, afraid to ch- uh, try things, and then also if it's not working, he's not afraid to change it up mid game as well. So I I would put money on there being more than one formation on Saturday. Um, I'm just not entirely sure how we're going to start. Mm, right, we've still got more of your messages to come later on in the show as well. But let's hear now from Glenn Williams, uh, Cardiff City writer for Wales uh, online. I spoke to him earlier on this afternoon to find out. Uh, how things are going over at the Cardiff City Stadium of course they've just had a new manager uh, coming in the former Millwall boss Neil Harris has taken over uh, after Colin was uh, was uh, left Neil Warnock uh, if you know you know with that Colin nickname uh, so I asked uh, Glenn uh, how the uh, the fans have reacted he said the Bluebirds fans weren't exactly jumping for joy uh, when former Millwall boss Neil Harris was appointed in the Cardiff hot seat yeah, I, I would say mixed. I'd say when the announcement was made, it was a lot of Cardiff fans found it maybe underwhelming is the word I would use, but that is mainly due to the fact that I think they thought that it was a two-horse race between him and uh, obviously Charlton boss Lee Bowyer, and I think everyone thought that Bowyer would be the more inspiring appointment. But having appointed Harris, I think um, Cardiff fans have, somewhat come round after his first press conference. He certainly impressed by talking a lot about how he wants to bring players through and how he wants to put a bit more emphasis on the academy and bringing through Welsh talent, which has been a bit of a gripe of Cardiff City fans in recent years. There's been a dearth of, of talent coming through the academy system. So, so that's one positive. But um, yeah, I, th- I think he's like any manager, I guess, coming to the job, he's going to be judged on his, on his results. But... Um, Cardiff fans, I think, will need to be won over because, like I said, I think that they probably would have preferred Lee Bowyer. But if he, if Neil Harris comes in and wins five of his first six games, then uh, it will go a long way to appeasing the fans. Yeah, because um, I mean, what sort of mood are the fans in overall after the start of the season? You know, having come down into the Championship last year, sat in 14th, only one win in the last what six league games. I guess things aren't really looking too rosy at the moment. Yeah, you're right. I think I think you said there perfectly. I think the one thing that's worked against Cardiff this season is that there's been an expectation on them, but there hasn't been an expectation really in in recent years. When they got promoted last time to the Premier League, it was sort of against the odds, and nobody really expected them to get promoted that season. They got on this ridiculous roll, and then they got promoted to the Premier League, and had a roller coaster of a time the last couple of seasons, but I think when they came back down before the season started, I think a lot of people thought they had the squad and the manager to be competing at the top top end of the championship, and that's not proven the case so far this season. Their uh, their form away from home has been woeful, and their form at their form at home has, has been keeping them afloat. Um, so yeah, Cardiff fans were. I I think I was. I was happy that Neil Warnock left on his own terms. I was happy for him and the fans because he said that he didn't want his time in South Wales to be soured. And I think if he stayed any longer, then his uh, his legendary status would, would just have diminished, really. So I'm glad he left when he did. I think Cardiff fans are also glad that he left when he did. And 
people are looking forward to the start of a new era under Neil Harris now. Mm. And what do you think has has been the downfall this year? I mean, they, they seem to be conceding a lot of goals, which I guess is something you wouldn't expect from a, a Neil Warnock team. Yeah, you're right. I, I'd say away from home, they've been they've been awful. They haven't Millwall. They, they drew two all, but apart from that, they haven't looked like winning away from home. And, and you're right. Yeah, they they conceding far too many goals, and they've been relatively toothless and feckless and attack for, for most of the season as well. And also, you say uh, Neil Warnock, like, and that that's very true in the sense that you expect Neil Warnock teams to be all blood and thunder, and it's just it's just been a little bit lacklustre this season. Like, nobody can quite put their finger on it, but yeah, the defence has not been as watertight as usual, and they, they can't buy. Well, they haven't been able to buy a goal for large parts of the season. Joe Rawls, who's a deep line midfielder, is, is the top goal scorer. So. I think that says uh, that answers a lot of the questions. Mm. So, so you mentioned the link between Lee Bayer and the Cardiff job when there was a vacancy there. Also, um, the, earlier on this year, there was a link between the chairman, Mehmet Dalman, uh, and a possible takeover at the Valley. I mean, that, that all seems to have fallen through now. Does that still seem to be the case at the, at the Cardiff end, as far as you know? Yeah, as far as I know, I, I've not heard um, anything about that. Obviously, yes, there was that connection as soon as we learned that. Um, Lee Bowyer was in the run-in. It all kind of made sense um, to us in regards to Mehmet Dalman's link with Charlton as well. But yeah, so as far as the takeover, uh, we viewed nothing more on that, no. Mm. Uh, so looking ahead to, to Saturday's game, the early kickoff. Um, I mean, who are the danger men in the Cardiff side that the Charlton fans should be wary of? Uh, good question. It's, it's been a lot, a lot of players have blown... Hot and cold this season. I think that's been um, that's been a big reason why they haven't got off to the sort of rip roaring start that people have expected. There's been too many sort of flashes, flashes of brilliance, but not sustained enough. Um, what I will say is, I think Nathaniel Mendes Lang and Junior Hoylet have both come into their, come into their own the last uh, last couple of weeks, and for Cardiff to to perform, especially on the road. They need their wingers to be performing because that's how they set up. They, they set up deep and they rely on quick counter-attacks and uh, lung-busting runs from wingers and things like that. And we all thought before the season that Mendes Lang was going to absolutely tear up this league this season and it's just, just not happened so far. But the last couple of weeks, he's shown some real signs of, um, of improvement and recapturing that form that um, we, all thought, we all knew he was capable of. And similarly with Junior Hoyler, he was unplayable the last time that Cardiff were in the championship and didn't have the best time there up in the up in the Premier League but now he really seems to be coming to his own again. So those two um for certain are the two you should be looking out for. But another McEwheel talent in Lee Tomlin uh, has probably been the most consistent player in attack uh this season, which is which is a bit of a strange one because he notoriously blows hot and cold, but he's been the sort of main architect and, and engineering chances so far this season. But you just look at Cardiff's goal record and they've just not scored enough goals this season. So that should tell you that um, it's just not been all, all rosy in attack this year. But if those three click, then that's Cardiff's best chance of getting their first away win of the season. There we go, Tom's mate, Glenn Williams uh, from Wales Online, uh, telling us what to expect from, from Cardiff City on, on Saturday. A team in, in poor form, but obviously, as we as we know very well, uh, got a manager now who's never lost against us because he's a former Millwall manager. <laughs> he, he did only manage three games against us, which, I don't know, doesn't sound like a lot, does it? But uh, I'm sure he played in, in some of those games against us as well where uh, where he wouldn't have lost. So, do, I mean, that adds a little bit of extra spice to it for you, Lewis. Are you desperate to get one over on Neil Harris? Well, I've just... More like I'm more bothered about just winning the game. I don't really care about Neil Harris. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. You know, he's irrelevant, isn't he? <laughs> he's a, well, a bit harsh. Oh, no, that man's got I'm a family. Overly, I'm not overly bothered about it. The most important thing to me is Charlton. I don't care whether he's managed Millwall before or whatever. You know, the most important thing is we we've come off the back of a few disappointing results, and and we need to bounce back for our own good. It's nothing to do with Neil Harris. Of course, if we beat him, it'd be great. But I'm not overly. I mean, if we do win, are we, are we claiming that as our first win over Millwall in, in however many yeah. years? Yeah, 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 maybe, yeah, Definitely, maybe we yeah. can allow that. But yeah. yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not bothered. I'd, I'd rather, obviously, I want us to beat Cardiff. I'm not bothered about Neil Harris mm. whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, a, a, Card- a Cardiff team not in in the best of form, one winning six, ne- not won an away game all season. It's per- perfect time to play them. But yeah. <laughs> is it <laughs> second stat better than the first? I think because 
our form isn't great or is very mixed as well. I think they're a point behind us in the league as well. Um, so over the course of the season, there's not a huge amount of difference. But you're right, that away record combined with our home record, OK, we've we've lost one or two this season, but on the whole, our home record very solid. So that's the stat I'm kind of clinging to. Um, mm, it's three defeats now, isn't it? So it has just tailed off a yeah, little bit. a little, but, yeah. but the... Um, Boya was obviously asked about the new manager bounce as well. Um, like uh, Lewis says, I'm I'm not too fussed about about Harris coming. Although that Millwall connection is going to hang over us if we lose it. But yeah, you know, it's one of them games that I think you know if if we turn up and we and we play our football, then we should win it. Um, it's just that unfortunately in the last couple of games in particular, we we just haven't really done that. So that'll be the test, I think. Can we over these two weeks? I know we haven't had a lot of players around, but can we? find that form that we had coming into the last oh sorry the earlier part of this season yeah you mentioned Lee Bayer was asked about the new manager bounce uh, he was asked if he believes that that will be a factor on Saturday no. I think um, obviously it take a bit of time for him to get used to the players and, and players used to the manager so it can work both ways um, obviously the, the, the players might run around a bit more um, because they think that they're the ones that haven't been playing, think that they'll have a chance of maybe maybe getting more starts. Um, just makes the whole competition for places uh, more on show, if you like. Um, so yeah, that's the only difference. In the day, Cardiff are a good side and they've got good players and just come down from the Premiership and they've kept their players. So. I think Neil's going in there to, to work with uh, a good group and good experienced players. So there we go. Lee doesn't think uh, the new manager bounce will be a thing on Saturday, but at the same time, you know, Neil Harris is a decent manager, done an okay job at Millwall, if we're, if we're being totally honest. Um, hasn't had that long to work with the team, I guess, which, which ho- hopefully will mean that he won't have been able to weave his, his magic with them just yet. But it is going to be a tough game, and no matter how how mixed their form has been over the last few weeks we know that that's the case with us anyway so uh, with, with our injury problems as well it's going to be a difficult one but it's going to be an interesting one because you know these are two teams who need a win yeah exactly it just adds a bit of spice to the fixture doesn't it when it's two teams that are desperate to get going as as Bose said there they're, they're going to sort of run the extra give an extra 20% or whatever to try and get the managers good books early doors and they're going to want to do that because they want to show that they're committed to staying at that club. When he comes in, he's probably going to have his own ideas. So there's players there that are going to want to are going to want to impress him. And we're in a similar boat ourselves, where we've got a lot of injuries, but we do best at sort of proving people wrong and, and proving doubters wrong. And I think that we've we've done extremely well so far this season, being an underdog. And we'll probably go into Saturday as a slight underdog because of the proposed, you know, the supposed new manager bounce or whatever. But I, th- I think that we, as I've said many a times this season, we're a match for anybody, especially at home. So I'm, I'm pretty confident going into Saturday. Yeah, that's what we're saying as well. So remember to always do the following: keep the faith and believe in Boya. It will be tough against Cardiff, but that is when we tend to thrive. On the uh, the, the Charlton Life Forum uh, as well, uh, Rossman92 uh, says, we've had incredibly bad luck with all the injuries this week, but as always, in Boya we trust. Extremely excited for my first two Charlton games this week. I take full responsibility if, if I jinx us and we lose both games. Well, I'm make a note of that and if we do, we'll uh, we'll get Ross kicked back out of the country again. It's getting barred. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Southwest Addict says, every time we get one player back from injury, we seem to lose another one. It's a tough week coming, but no reason why we can't beat Cardiff at least and then try and build on that. I mean, momentum is going to be so important if, if we can get a result Saturday. Um, we, we've sort of discussed that the, the, the options of, of players is pretty limited. So it will be a case of Bayer trying to make it a more, maybe more tactically find the way to beat him rather than just you know, sticking to what we've been good at and hoping our, our current crop can, can repeat what we've been doing in, in the earlier part of the season. Yeah, 100%. Um, because he hasn't got a lot of personnel to work with. So you're right, it will be about how do we get that group of players into a, a position and, and tactically how do we break down this Cardiff side. If what Dan said earlier about them being hard to break down and lumping long balls forward, if that's the way they choose to play, well, we've seen we've struggled with that in the past. So how do we manage to cope with that this time? Um, because particularly in recent games, we found that quite difficult. I think as well we have to remember and you mentioned it earlier we've got the three games coming up over this week and Luton away is it in my mind a lot tougher game than than Cardiff at home so if you can get a win now maybe it just starts that momentum building so 
hopefully Boya can keep them focused just on one game at a time, which I know he's very conscious of doing and just focus on Cardiff. Because if we come out that with three points, as you say, that momentum hopefully starts to build going into the other games this week. Um, and if we don't, then, as I say, you're looking over your shoulder a little bit. So it's not going to be easy. And, and as we've all said, selection-wise, he hasn't got a huge amount of a headache, really, which is which is frustrating. But it's how you get those players out there in a way that means we're going to beat Cardiff. And for me, that's about seeing how Cardiff play. As Lewis says, are they going to be tearing around and putting that extra 20% in? Or is Neil Harris going to do what he did a lot of Millwall and look at actually quite direct football. So mm. yeah. that, that, that's, that's my main worry is he, uh, Neil Harris is going to come in and you know watch Charlton's last home game against Preston and see what Alex Neil did yeah. there uh, yeah. and see a team that, that when, when we get disrupted and when we get, get pushed, you know, squeezed a little bit in the midfield, then we, we, we struggle to try and make our mark on a game, really start to play our own football. And, and that's the worry. And that's what Lee, Lee's probably going to be thinking. Well, if he does do that, I need to make sure we have another way to, to try and get around that as well. Yeah, exactly, and you, and you could see how much we struggled to, to sort of break Preston down. Um, Cardiff, as we say, it's going to be interesting to see how much of a stamp Harris has had on that side, given the amount of time he's been there. It'd be a tough game regardless because they've got quality in that squad. You know, they were in the Premier League last season. They they didn't overly strengthen when they were in the Premier League, so a lot of the players that they've got there were the ones that got them promoted in the first place. And they've got Junior Hoylet that's got experience at Premier League level and they're they're a side that on paper look quite good and they've just had a bit of a full start so it's it's going to be an interesting game i mean as i say i'm i'm pretty confident but the the difficult thing will be if they have had the chance to sort of stamp the harris style of play on it if they're just going to you know batten down the hatches and and we're going to struggle like we did against preston we've got to f- figure out a way to to break them down correctly because we did we did so well against derby a few you know going back to mid october when the, their game plan was pretty similar and we and we managed to sort of expose them where with the Preston game I, I didn't see a huge amount of it where I was away but they just looked like we really struggled to break them down and they're a tough physical side so it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game but of, of course at home I, I'd fancy us to beat anybody so mm. we'll see yeah Sebo's saying uh, I've got a feeling that the less expensive tickets at QPR are the upper tier ones from previous experience but I'm not sure how it will be this time uh, someone at the EFL uh, meeting uh, needs to campaign for a vote to get away tickets to a minimum a uh, maximum sorry of £20 in all divisions yeah I think that that would be nice if you, I think I think it's 30 quid in the in the prem that's the, yeah. the only the only price you get charged and that would be better but can't see that that, that happening no. uh, and any time soon. Um, we t- we talk about our home record in, in particular as as we have done. As we say, we lost we lost the last one here, uh, and really we've lost three of the last five here: Birmingham, Swansea, and Preston. But as you said, Tom, we we have been strong at home, and if we can get an early goal, then we know the crowd will be behind them as well, and that that could actually be a big lift. And like I say, we see it we, we we've seen it affect individuals such as Naby Saar, but it can affect the whole team as well. And Bo, Bose has mentioned it himself, and you know the, the the first goal on Saturday could be could be quite important to just see which way that 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 crowd sort of tilts as well. If 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 they they can really get behind the team if we go one up like we did against Derby, yeah, definitely. And I think we have to remember, and this is not necessarily an excuse, but. The Sunday morning game or Sunday midday game or whatever it was just seemed to throw everybody a little bit. And Bowyer mentioned it himself. Like Prattley had to get up really early, and he's suddenly having to eat pasta and chicken at seven in the morning and stuff. Now I know it doesn't sound like the hardest thing in the world, but we spoke about it after Millwall about routine for footballers and the fact he'd chosen to name his side at a different time with the Sunday kick off again. That maybe that threw out our routine a little bit. I know this is an early kick off again, but my hope is that perhaps we've learned our lesson from the previous one. Um, and we can hopefully at Fulham for example it didn't seem to affect us too much so hopefully we've learned our lesson from, from a few weeks ago against Preston and the the mixing routine won't actually upset us because if you get a win in that early kickoff, suddenly you're looking at the table and everybody else is almost playing catch up against you and, th- and that's the way you have to look at it so yeah it's um, it's going to be tough that first goal is going to be crucial and, and as I say it's just so good to have Macaulay Bond still available because He's been in a very decent run of form, albeit uh, I know he didn't score in the last couple, but um, he's got a good goal-scoring record for us. Gallagher, obviously, is, has got goals for us as well. So it's not like we haven't got goals in the side. It's just about, can we... We haven't really seen Charlton at our flowing best, I'd, I'd argue, possibly since Fulham. Uh, I don't really think we've seen... Maybe Derby. Dar- possibly Derby, yeah. yeah but, but that was quite easy, that game. Yeah, we just haven't looked... Like we know we're capable of, and that's been the real frustration. I said it, I can't remember if it was after Preston or after Millwall, but this side in the early part of this season has shown what they're capable of. So now we're not seeing it. It's just frustrating because you know this team's got so much more and it would be 
after a break and and stuff, it would just be great to get back to winning ways. Especially because because it's a, a busy week this week going into the Luton game, and you know there, there will be there will be a stage in, in in the game on Saturday. If we if we, if we can get into a comfortable lead, then Bo will be pleased that he'll be able to take players off and and and, and freshen up for for Luton. But if you you know we're one 0 down going into the last twenty minutes, throwing a kitchen sink at Cardiff City, all of a sudden you're going to have to do that again on, on the Tuesday night as well. So that's why that's why this you know there's, there's possibly an extra little bit of pressure on this game because it it really is a chance to see which way we're gonna which way we're gonna go now for the rest of the season. Because if we if we can start this this period of the season going into Christmas with a good result and a good run, that, that could be big for us. If we don't, then we could. We, I mean, we're still what ten points above the relegation zone, nine points could still get dragged in if we're not careful. And that's why Saturday is so important. Yeah, exactly. And, and as you say, there is this that period of the season now where the table really starts to take its shape, and you get a rough idea of whereabouts people are looking like they're going to finish and. You know, we we've overachieved so far, and we know we have, and it, and it, it's brilliant in a way, and quite refreshing to go into a lot of games with not a huge amount of expectation, just enjoying the fact that we're we're not playing League One football anymore. You know, we're going to proper football grounds and playing proper football clubs again, and it's it's great. And I think that we've yeah, we've it's it's going to be tough, but the Christmas period is going to be the important one. Excellent stuff. Right, we've run out of time here on this evening's big match preview. You've both got a very quick ten seconds. To give us a prediction. One nil, Charlton. Lovely. Damn it. Uh, I'll go 2-0 Charlton excellent All right. three points on the table lovely stuff right this has been the big match preview thank you to Lewis and to Tom for being here cheers, no worries, mate. cheers. I've been Louis Mendes hope you've enjoyed the show we'll be back here on Sunday evening uh, to look back at whatever happens make sure you join us then and give us your views uh, on the performance but let's hope it's three points for the Addicts on Saturday as uh, Neil Harris comes to town let's hope the Charlton can get back to winning ways we'll see you on Sunday Charlton 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 Charlton